BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Foreign policy has to reflect the continuing values of the American people. There is no country in the world where it is conceivable that a man of my origins could be standing here next to the President of the United States. In no area of the world is it more difficult to promote a just and lasting peace than in the Middle East. That's Henry Kissinger. You know that voice if you're over a certain age and paying attention to the news at all. He was among the more influential people on the planet for the second half of the 20th century. And I don't think that's an overstatement. And powerful. And powerful former Secretary of State, National Security Advisor, the current Secretary of State, uh, speaking about Henry Kissinger's death. Uh, this is uh, Secretary Blinken. I was very privileged to uh, get his counsel uh, many times, including as recently as uh, about a month ago. Uh, he was extraordinarily generous uh, with his wisdom, with his advice. Secretary Kissinger really set the standard for everyone who followed uh, in, um, in this job. Few people uh, were better students of history even fewer people did more to shape history than Henry Kissinger. That's something from a Democratic Secretary of State, because uh, back in the day, and among some of you currently, uh, Henry Kissinger, you considered a war criminal and somebody who should have been behind bars. Henry Kissinger advised 12 presidents, which is more than a quarter of all the presidents we've ever had. He was their advisors on a lot of foreign policy stuff. That's quite extraordinary. Right, illustrating not only his longevity, but the fact that 
administration after administration after administration sought him out. Yeah, with, with you know, very different political views, still wanted to talk to him about it. He's also the only American to deal with every single Chinese leader, from Chairman Mao to Chairman Xi. So, both the United States and there, again, second half of the 20th century, everybody was talking to him. That's really something. Longtime listeners of our show certainly are familiar with Neil Ferguson. He's a, a, a historian, a writer, senior fellow at the Hoover Institution. One of my favorite uh, people to talk to, although he's so damn smart, it frightens me every time we're going to talk to him. Uh, and he wrote appropriately the uh, the commentary. It's less an obituary than a, a description and of of the life and times and controversies of Henry Kissinger for the Wall Street Journal. Well, he's the official uh, biographer of Henry Kissinger. He's the only person Henry Kissinger turned over all of his letters to and books and sat down for gazillions of interviews and that sort of thing. Right, right. And the title of that book is Kissinger, nineteen twenty three to sixty eight, the Idealist, uh, which is kind of an interesting title, which we'll get into. But uh, I'm going to read you parts of it, and we'll we'll weave in and out of it. It's it's brilliant. Ferguson is such a great writer. But uh, as National Security Advisor and Secretary of State, he combined grand strategy with indefatigable shuttle diplomacy and an ability to read his foreign counterparts. Uh, no U.S. Secretary of State ever achieved such celebrity while in office as Henry Kissinger. They go into some of the stuff we've uh, described. Um, yet no former Secretary of State has been more vehemently criticized. He mentioned Christopher Hitchens' book, yeah. The Trial of Henry Kissinger, which explicitly accused Kissinger of responsibility for, quote, war crimes and crimes against humanity in Indochina, Chile, Argentina, Cyprus, East Timor, and several other places. Ferguson comments, although the book mentioned only one other supposed crime scene, Bangladesh, and mentioned the Soviet Union a mere three times. These accusations stuck like mud, even to his death. He was protested, Kissinger, when he went to uh, speak. Then he describes uh, serving Presidents Nixon and Ford as White House National Security Advisor and Secretary of State, first naturalized citizen in neither office. His accomplishments included the negotiation of the first Strategic Arms Limitation Treaty, the famous SALT Treaty, and the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty with the Soviet Union, the opening to China, well, which turned out to be a fraud, uh, the ceasefire in the Yom Kippur War, and the end of U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War, for which he co-won the Nobel Peace Prize with his uh, North Vietnamese counterpart. Um, and then he, he dips back into Kissinger's past. This is no small achievement for a man who arrived in 1938 as a refuge from Nazi Germany, studied at night, and sold shaving brushes during the day, served in the army during World War II, first in the infantry, then in counterintelligence. Um, then he, you know, he became an academic and that sort of thing. The, the part that I think is so interesting, and it's not a coincidence at all, that it echoes our discussion about the the conflict in Israel, well, in, in uh, you know, uh, with Hamas, the question of geopolitics and force, and whether twenty first century people can deal with what has always been true, and that is that in humankind in human relations, sometimes you got to kill a lot of people. I feel I feel weird even saying that. I know. I know. It is I was thinking this last night as I was reading about a lot of the decisions he made that people hold up as horrors. He as a guy who barely escaped Nazi Germany, his mom got their family out of there just in time a whole bunch of their family members dozens died 
shortly thereafter were rounded up by the Germans and uh, killed in concentration camps. So, I mean, his family, absolutely that would have happened to if he didn't get out of there. And, of course, that would inform your worldview for the rest of your life on, hey, this ain't playing, this foreign policy stuff. Giant tectonic plates of evil need to be kept in their place. And for those reasons, he was willing to do just about anything, for instance, to stop the spread of communism around the world, the Soviet Union and China. And uh, oftentimes that included, you know, lots of people in South American countries dying because we supported some bad people, but at least it kept the communists out. You either think that's a good idea or a bad idea. That's a very good description, I think. Um, And Ferguson gets into that a little bit. Uh, Nixon's inheritance from Lyndon B. Johnson was unenviable. The U.S. was mired in Vietnam, overcommitted yet seemingly losing. The Soviet Union was expanding its influence from the Middle East to South America and winning the nuclear arms race. Uh, Worth mentioning that the expansion of Soviet power into our own hemisphere while at nuclear loggerheads with them was not like a a parlor game. That was not uh, just something to, to be discussed over dinner. That was life, death, and obliteration going on. Anyway, uh, Soviet Union expanding its influence from the Middle East to South America and winning the nuclear arms race. The grand strategy of the Nixon administration was to Vietnamize the ground war, meaning withdraw our forces mostly, do some bombing, but let the Vietnamese uh, uh, fight it, while at the same time seeking to exploit the Chinese-Soviet split. They were remarkably successful in that regard. Uh, but then here's the here's the controversial, controversial part. In pursuit of this strategic trifecta, Kissinger was prepared to sacrifice smaller pieces on the chessboard. Pakistan took precedence over India and East Pakistan, later Bangladesh, uh, because Islamabad was a key conduit to Beijing. South Vietnam and Taiwan found that the U.S. was a fickle ally. Kissinger's many critics focused on the human costs of strategic decisions that were, Kissinger long argued, inevitably choices between evils. And that's something I've observed, particularly among the the modern college-educated crowd. And, you know, at the risk of going all kids these days, I think it has to do with more quote-unquote education, more time in classrooms, and much less practical experience in life. Fewer part-time jobs as kids or in high school. Um, growing up much, much more slowly. I've run into situations where maybe it's an argument about Israel or, you know, a hundred other topics where you get to the point where you say to somebody, there are two awful choices here and only two. Which one do you think we, the United States or Israel or whomever, ought to do? And they will always retreat to, no, there's got to be another way. Right, and like I said last hour, I wonder if Henry Kissinger was the last old-school thinker, player on the world stage for Western civilization, anyway, before we moved into this modern era of, and maybe rightfully so, I don't know that I'm right, I think I'm right, uh, uh, where, you, you know, you're going to make an omelet, you're going to break a lot of eggs. That's just the, that's just the way it works, and it's ugly yeah. and it's gruesome, but sometimes that's what happens. As I said earlier, I think he's the last of those until the world becomes so ugly we rediscover those awful realities. And then there's a lot of those people. Right. And they don't have best intentions uh, in mind. Um, he also it reminds me so much of in times of high crime, societies get tough on crime and, and put bad guys in jail. And then with all the bad guys in jail and crime down, people think, why we got so many guys in jail? we got to turn them loose. And then crime rises again. 
He he also like a lot of powerful people. Um, you get to a place where you feel like you're the only person that can fix this or is in the right spot, and uh, it's incumbent upon you to make sure you stay in charge. And uh, he, one of his famous quotes, darn it, I didn't uh, screen capture this, but I remember hearing this as a kid. One of his famous quotes was, uh, what was it, something like the, uh, the, the, the illegal we can do now, the unconstitutional takes a little more time. Um, yeah. uh, he's willing to do whatever, including wiretapping people, illegal wiretaps. He did that a lot. Mark Halpern writing in his newsletter today, because Mark Halpern's dad was a friend of Henry Kissinger's, was a uh, a fellow professor at Harvard. Then they both went into the White House together on the national security staff, and Mark Halpern's dad discovered at some point that his friend Henry Kissinger had ordered the FBI to wiretap his home phone because he wanted to know what his uh, good friend was uh, talking about and thinking about and making sure he kept an eye on everybody. That's, you know, and then, and, and, you know, Nixon did that himself. Um, that's the danger you run with people like that. Yeah, one of Kissinger's uh, quirks, techniques, uh, whatever you want to call it, is he was fiercely, he he had a fierce desire to be in control of information. He was a perennial leaker of information. He always wanted to control the the information and the conversation, but he was equally bitterly uh, opposed and resentful of anybody who would leak to screw with his efforts to control the conversation so yeah he suspected every he wanted to know if there was ever a leak out of the state department he would start wiretapping phones to figure out who the hell was talking to reporters it was uh well it was power exercised in a naked and fairly ugly way but again while some people thought he was a war criminal and thought some people thought he was brilliant and you know important to where we ended up as the superpower he did advise every president from Kennedy on over a quarter of the presidents in our nation's history sought his advice, which of all different political stripes, that's really interesting. You know what I'd like to dig into is anything and everything he's written or has been written about him in terms of his uh, negotiating techniques, because he might be the greatest negotiator in, in modern history, certainly. Uh, the key... Uh... Is please to, hurry up. Oh, please is to talk up. so slow that they lose interest. Oh, you get or in, they say, all right, yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree. Okay. What do get, I need where to, do I sign? <laughs> yeah, what paper do I need to sign to get out of this room? <laughs> anyway, we got more, a lot of stuff coming up. Armstrong and Getty. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have a feeling a lot of tomorrow's show will be made up of DeSantis-Gavin Newsom debate clips, because that is happening tonight, 90 minutes, and we'll have all the highlights tomorrow. Indeed, can't wait. Really looking forward to it, like it's, you know, the the 49ers-Eagles or something. I just can't wait. Uh, This is uh, one of my top five favorite Rolling Stone songs, Monkey Man. I don't think I've ever heard it. Oh, really? Oh, my God. I love this song. Um, What album would I find that on? uh, Sticky Fingers. Okay. I believe. Um, In one of those jarring transitions that have endeared us to dozens, uh, where we go from the complicated geopolitical legacy of Henry Kissinger to should Jack get a monkey? (laughs) My 11-year-old, well, he's going to be 12 in like a week. My 12-year-old really, really wants a monkey. Like, really wants a monkey. And I immediately said, no, no, you can't have a monkey. They're dangerous or blah, 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 blah. Uh, But he's like, he just continues to work me on that. I mean, he's doing research about which kind of monkey would be best and feeding and caring and and what they cost. And one of them's 50% off right now. (laughs) Well, one of the reasons JT and Livermore is a frequently read correspondent is because he tracks with us, whether it's uh, analyzing the ins and outs of the Ukrainian counteroffensive, which he often does at length, or commenting on monkey ownership. JT (laughs) writes... Guys, Marcel the monkey on Friends is a white-headed capuchin. They live 35 to 40 years as a pet. If Jack loved taking care, uh, taking on all the care of the gecko, then getting a monkey may not be out of the question. Of course, he'll have to forego any vacations. Can't be away from the house for more than six to eight hours. What about a monkey sitter, you ask? I mean, it isn't as if you can ask a friend no. or family member to swing by a couple of times no. a day and feed and water it. Right. And change its diaper. If you thought finding good babysitters was tough, try finding a monkey sitter. Imagine the cost. Speaking of monkey expenses, take whatever you spend on a dog and easily multiply that by 10 or more if you can even find a vet that takes a monkey and is willing to stock monkey vaccines. And when it goes through puberty, you don't know what you'll end up with. (laughs) Still, Jack is what? In his 50s? The monkey might live 40 more years? That means the monkey will outlive Jack and somebody else will have to take care of it. So, rough. Rough. Somebody also mentioned they have zero nesting instinct. They don't nest, so they pee and poo at will everywhere, which is why they're so often in the Oh, so like dogs and cats mostly decide, well, this is my home. This is where I live, so I'm not going to do my thing here. I'll go outside. But monkeys aren't like that? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's some advice from Zach. Here's what to do, Jack. Purchase a head-to-toe ape costume. Yeah, apes are not monkeys, but humor me. You wear the ape costume for Henry on Christmas morning. He freaking loves you for it. Now, this is a three-in-one Christmas present. Three monkeys with one stone, if you will. Jack, you get to be a monkey for a day. How, how often is that? Your son gets his monkey, albeit for just one Christmas morning. Once the fun is finished, you remove the costume, fold it, wrap it, and deliver it promptly to your buddy Joe's uh, Christmas tree. We're in. Mr. Joe Getty will finally be the owner of his long-desired ape costume, Bingo Bango Bongo. Also, keep your eye on the New York Times bestseller list next holiday season for my highly anticipated novella titled Jack's Christmas Monkey Conundrum. (laughs) Thank you for that, Zach. I I thought it was going to be get a monkey costume, attack him in his sleep, and uh, (laughs) scare him out of ever wanting to have a monkey. Final note, and this is your off-ramp. It's illegal to own a primate in California. Really? Is a monkey a primate? It is, indeed. All monkeys? Yes, Yes, every damned one of them. Hmm. You can't have one, huh? Not Davy Jones. Well, Davy Jones was a a primate. We got a a bunch of text from monkey owners. They're either doing it illegally or they're from other states. Yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, Black market monkeys. (laughs) Black market monkeys. Now that might be the very best all time. Band name. Band name. That's right. Yeah. So uh, coming up, uh, Tim Sandifer is going to talk about an important constitutional case before the uh, Supreme Court. That's in hour four of the show. What do we have planned this hour? I don't even remember. Oh, the latest stuff. polling on Israel is highly troubling. We probably ought to hit that attitudes. Um, well, if you're of my mindset, maybe you agree with the polling. I don't know. Stay tuned for a whole bunch on the way. If you miss the segment, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
tensions uh, are already starting to escalate significantly as the talks are starting to break down. Uh, so I, I think we could be uh, entering into uh, the, perhaps the final hours uh, or the final day of this truce before Israel resumes its military campaign against Gaza. CIA Director Burns is still in Qatar working to extend that six-day ceasefire by up to another four days. I mean, Israel has vowed that when the ceasefire ends, it will resume the war. So that was Richard Engel on NBC from earlier this morning where he said tensions are high. I'm about to explain how. Uh, and he feels like the whole ceasefire thing is coming to an end and things are about to explode again, maybe even worse. Now, there is breaking news that it's been extended somewhat. Well, yeah, kind of as of 19 minutes ago, Hamas said the week-long pause in fighting would last another day, although Israel did not immediately confirm that oh, okay. timeline. Well, all right. <laughs> Takes both sides. And uh, and, and, and Netanyahu's made it pretty clear. He, he said the other day, he said, this weekend's the end of it, period. So I don't know if he's going to stick to that or not. And will you play for me, just because I want to hear it, uh, our guy Lindsey Graham there, Michael? Clip 40. 40. Mm-hmm. This call for a ceasefire uh, is nuts. What would we have said to a group that asked us to have a ceasefire after 9-11? We told them to go to hell. Yeah, and remember Hillary Clinton said, whatever it was a week or so ago, people who want to cease fire don't understand who Hamas is. So you got Lindsey Graham and Hillary Clinton on the same side with that attitude. Um, And then to the tensions being high before we get to the polling that I find disturbing personally, there was an attack. There are actually a couple, but one of them. Remember yesterday, if you were listening to the show later in the show yesterday, I was talking about going to uh, Israel. I think I'm going to go to Israel in January, I hope. So I'm getting the passport together and all that and looking into the trip. And I was particularly thinking... um, Go to Jerusalem, stay in a hotel there, broadcast from there, and just you know, you know, follow one of the most interesting stories of my lifetime from up close. Well, at the bus station in Jerusalem early this morning, where I exactly where I was looking online about how I would get from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Should I do bus? Should I do train? Uh, takes you about forty-five minutes to get there. Um, some people open fire on some Israelis just standing in line. The U.S. Am- ambassador to Israel condemned the fatal shooting in Jerusalem as a terrorist attack, abhorrent terrorist attack in Jerusalem this morning. We unequivocally condemn such brutal violence. And yeah, Jerusalem police said two gunmen opened fire on a crowded bus station at the entrance of the city, killing at least three people, wounding others. This is some of the tension that Richard Engel was talking about that could, like, turn into a lot of this when the ceasefire is over and the assumed bombing begins again from Israel. Indiscriminate it's bombing! Practically, practically inevitable. Yeah, indiscriminate. Okay. So getting to the polling, which I find troubling. First, the YouGov poll. Percentage of Americans who say they support a ceasefire agreement between Ukraine and Russia, it's 72%. That's declaring Russia the winner, is what that is. Do do you not understand that? That's declaring Russia the winner. Hey, here's your reward for invading a country that did nothing to you and killing a whole bunch of their people, actually indiscriminately. You get to keep the land. So that's what a ceasefire is there. And two-thirds of Americans are for a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. Once again, a, a reward for Hamas by saying, you get to go in and murder as many civilians as you want, and then just retreat back and uh, reload, uh, re uh, b- b- to retrain, get more bombs so that you can do it again. That's what a ceasefire is. How else would you describe it? 
having confessed the fir- in the first person, <clears throat> leaders of Hamas, oh, no, no, we had no intention of just governing the territory. We were always about uh, slaughtering Israelis and, and wiping Israel off the face of the map. We were just pretending. So now you, you want a ceasefire, so what can happen? Just in terms of supporting Israel or the Israel's military action in Gaza, the latest poll numbers are out from Gallup. They just came out today. And I don't know if they asked the question differently. I don't know if public opinion is moved because as of like a week ago, different polls had uh, pretty damn solid support for what Israel is doing across all parties and everything. I mean, it was like really high, two-thirds, three-quarters, depending on which group you're talking about, supported what Israel's doing. Well, it ain't as strong in this Gallup poll. And again, I don't know if it's just people's opinions changing or they ask the question differently. Half of Americans approve of Israel's military action in the Hamas-Gaza Strip. Only half? And 45% disapprove, according to the Gallup poll that just came out. The views on the war diverge by gender, ace, race, and party ID. Not surprising. The biggest majorities are, this is the people who just support Israel's military action in Gaza. It's just kind of a blanket that. I'd be in the crowd that does support it. Um, Republicans, 71% support. Men, 59%. Adults, 55 and older. will have a little wisdom and world experience. 63% support. White adults, because we're all racist, 61%. Um approve of Israel's military actions in Gaza. That was sarcasm, by the way. On the other side, though, more than 6 in 10 Democrats oppose. 63% of Democrats Wow. Now oppose? Going on two-thirds. Woo! While your president and secretary of state are every day out there back in Israel, how long will that last when two-thirds of your own party oppose? Adults younger than 35, it's two-thirds, which gets you to that Democrat number, because a lot of Democrats are younger. Mm -hmm. People of color, about two-thirds, as do a slight majority of women, 52%. Uh, What do you do with that information? President Joe Biden's 32% approval rating for his handling of Israel and Hamas is lower than his already anemic that's Gallup's words. Already anemic 37% overall job approval rating. Uh, where is this going to take us politically? Or is, is Joe Biden the kind of guy that is going to, you know, they're wrong. Is he just going to do what he believes is right and uh, and, and hope he can be, bring people along? Or is he going to think, I'll never get reelected with these numbers? Well, you know my attitude about him getting reelected, but in terms of policy and, and pronouncements and that sort of thing, I think we're already seeing the strategy. They're they're trying to thread the needle with, of course, Israel has the right to defend itself, but it must be more careful and discriminated in its bombings and more targeted and that sort of thing. And we will we'll give them aid to keep it going, but we'll impose uh, caveats and limitations and, and, and guidelines and that sort of thing. Based on what the president said the days after... The slaughter, and uh, including him saying, yeah, those numbers Hamas has given you, you can't buy those numbers, you know, that sort of stuff. I would have never believed that two-thirds of Democrats, what are we, six weeks out, seven weeks out from when it happened? But already two-thirds of Democrats are against what Israel's doing? Yipes. 
And bringing and bridging that gap in the United States, I think, is going to be impossibly difficult. I don't know where this goes. Um, I want to compare and contrast a couple of emails we got, maybe next segment, uh, really illustrative of what we're up against. <clears throat> but first, a quick word from our friends at the Upside app. It's a great way to save. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, which is everyone. Yeah, so uh, this is pretty easy to get started. You download the free Upside app. You know how to do that. Then you use the promo code Armstrong. Get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. I'd make sure you're good and empty. Maybe so empty you have to push your car to the gas station. Right. That's ne- just smart. Next, <laughs> next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. Upside users are earning more than a million bucks every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Plus, that indicates that people use it and they like using it. Download that free Upside app and use promo code Armstrong. You get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. That's the promo code Armstrong. Look for that Upside app wherever you like to get your apps. So, so I, uh, I'm i a big fan of Sarah Isger of The Dispatch, and she's a super smart person who's worked on a lot of presidential campaigns and uh, it, it regularly rails about how pointless issue polling is. It's just, uh-huh. it, it doesn't work. She says it's just pointless to make, to draw any conclusions from issue polling. And she can go through example after example after example of contradictory polls or the way you ask the question or how many of the people answering the question don't know what they're talking about. So it doesn't really tell you anything because if somebody gets in front of them with a little bit of information, their opinion changes so quickly. And that's what I would think about this whole ceasefire thing. Do you really, if I got in front of a giant crowd of people, it's, what is it? Two thirds of people that think a ceasefire is a good idea in mm-hmm. in Israel. Three quarters who want it in Ukraine and say you realize that's declaring Russia the winner. Oh, I didn't realize that. I mean, how many people I could I can convince with that one sentence? Quite a few, and in the Israeli conflict, probably even more. I mean, I get the instinct people have and it's a good one to say wait a ceasefire yeah stop killing each other so they can talk of course that's a good idea yes i'm in favor of that that's not that's a perfectly reasonable and moral uh, stance to have but you know if you'd gone for a ceasefire with hitler i mean for instance that's not a good thing not at all you got to wipe them out you got to kill them it's the only option yeah issues polling is idiotic it's it's a springboard to discussion though 70% 70% of Americans are following this closely. So does Hillary, do the Clintons have no sway with Democrats anymore? Their time has passed? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. They're seen as part of the old racist, white, patriarchal, ironic as she appears to be a woman, uh, yes. system that, yes. Yes. that our schools and universities have taught our little kids to loathe. They're part of Western civilization. I mean, Hillary's saying uh, anybody who wants a ceasefire doesn't understand Hamas. Bill's saying... They've long used hospitals. That's part of their their thing. And they've walked away from opportunities, the Palestinians, for peace. Yeah. Nobody's paying any attention to those people. They say that because they know what they're talking about. But no, their their days past. The woke young crowd has no use for them. So you're going to hit us with those emails coming up? I am going to hit you good and hard with those emails. <laughs> Ouch. Brace yourself. Ouch. That's next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. That was a Christmas year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The beating between the cops and the protesters is covering up my Christmas music there at the tree lighting there at Rockefeller Center in New York City. Yes. Protesters on behalf of Hamas, I guess, because y'all are dressed like Hamas. If you're just wanting to help out the Palestinian people, how about you don't cover your faces and wear the Hamas clothing? Revolutionary cosplay uh, there in New York City. Yeah, so uh, one of our themes has been the divide among Americans' attitudes about the conflict uh, between Israel and Hamas, and uh, it's, it's very much a divide of age to a large extent. As the poll shows, and also, you know, age, and, I'm sorry, also sex and, and political affiliation. I, you know, I would argue that conservatism is far from perfect these days, but it has a much, much higher measure of, of realism than does progressivism. Pro- the mark of progressivism is unicornian thinking. It's utterly divorced from reality. Um, but having said that, I uh, got this note from Muhammad who says, uh, you seem like reasonable folks, but when it comes to the Israel-Palestine, you never seem to indicate you know anything about settler terrorism against Palestinians or the trauma Palestinians have gone and are going through, which may explain their behavior. And he goes through a fair amount of the history of it, some of which I'm familiar with. There have absolutely been uh, violent acts by Israelis toward Palestinians through the decades, including some that were atrocities. Absolutely true. Back and forth would be my point. Um, are you aware of any of the horrendous massacres committed against Palestinians from the 20s to now? Do you think those experiences may affect them? Um, then he goes, then he says, the point is, no one hates anyone due to their religion. 
Did you know Turks proactively rescued Jews from the Spanish Inquisition? And he gives a couple more uh, examples. Mohammed, you can't possibly be serious about that. Wow. Uh, so it's not about the religion thing? The Well, no, so, he stated affirmatively, no one hates anyone due to their religion. So um, it's pretty well known and documented. You were talking about this yesterday. The Their Sesame Street there in Gaza is all about how evil Jews are. That's what they teach little kids. And you, you've probably seen the video. It's disgusting and awful and hard to watch of that Hamas guy. Uh, calling home to brag to his mom about how he killed 10 Jews with his bare hands and how right. excited Dad, I she killed was. Jews. Are you proud of me? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, and I've seen many, many videos where they interview uh, members of Hamas or, or just Palestinians and say, hey, you're a beautiful child. What if they grew up to be a suicide bomber and martyred themselves? I would be so happy. I would be very happy if that happened. Yeah. But according to Muhammad, he believes no one hates anyone due to their religion. And he says, if you want peace, you have to work to end the trauma through justice. What do you think? I think you're 100% right. And I think it's been done a couple of different times, notably in the 90s. Uh, Clinton, Ehud Barak, uh, uh, Yasser Arafat. And they had a deal, an incredibly good deal. And the Palestinian side walked away from it. Hamas has no intention of governing or living side by side or, as you say, working through to end the trauma through justice. Zero interest in that, Muhammad. Then you have this note from Forrest. Been listening to you talked about the uh, the war. I'm sad to report it's not just the young ones who believe the BS coming out of the media. My English 71-year-old father-in-law buys it hook, line, and sinker. No room for compromising or uh, I wish I could lead, read this whole thing because it's not only factually interesting, but it's some really good family drama. Um, he went on and on and on about a variety of topics. He's a self-avowed socialist. Eventually, I had to say something. I started with a simple question. What would happen if Israel put down their arms? And he immediately digressed to the same insane talking points and insisted that Israel is absolutely the one that would kill all the innocents, not Hamas. Israel is the evil oppressor. Israel is the occupier. Tried to talk about the Hamas charter. No avail. Tried to talk about international laws concerning shooting at combatants hiding behind innocents. To no avail. Tried to talk about how the terrorist organizations almost loved to hit their targets during holidays. All, mm, uh, like they did in Israel. Nothing. Israel's the evil one. Full stop. Should have just bit my tongue and said nothing. It did not go well. This was not one of my finer moments. Um, <laughs> I have a few of those. I've been writing to you guys for years, uh, but I know you get a lot of mail, uh, so a little context. Well, I, first of all, Forrest, I remember your emails very, very much, uh, very distinctly. A uh, little context. I have three deployments to the Middle East. I've seen firsthand how Christians are treated in Iraq. Or were when I was there in 05. I've been shot at from buildings like schools and mosques, which we couldn't return fire to because of our rules of engagement at the time. We had to be able to positively identify the individual shooter. Why would they do such a thing? Because they knew we wouldn't shoot back. I've been rocketed and mortared on many major holidays. I've been on patrols in the middle of Ramadan areas where we would routinely get shot at or hit with IEDs knowing full well they were saving everything up for a lovely party as soon as Ramadan was over. Over. Well, the locals smiled and played nice with us. Sound familiar to the time prior to October 7th in Israel? We, of course, could do nothing during this time to stop weapons caches being built up because we were winning hearts and minds. Apparently, none of my firsthand knowledge had any relevance either to my father-in-law. Um, 
You guys are right. This is becoming a battle of the Western way of life, civilization versus chaos and destruction. But that point is completely lost on Marxists. Sorry for the length. This has been causing me a lot of heartache lately. Well, thanks for the note, Forrest. We sure appreciate you taking the time. I'm looking at this story just across Clinton class at Columbia, Hillary Clinton, class at Columbia disrupted by pro-Palestinian protester chanting, Hillary, you can't hide. She's the one that said anybody who is in favor of a ceasefire doesn't understand Hamas. I'm looking up at CBS News because it just came out a little bit ago. The ceasefire is extended. Well, not really. Hamas has said it wants it extended. Israel hasn't uh, joined in. It takes two to tango in this uh, in ceasefires. The Hamas leader told CBS News that he wants a permanent ceasefire. Yeah, of course you do. So you can go back to pretending to govern while contemplating the next attack. Are you serious with that headline? I mean, that headline, you can't have that headline without context around it. Like underneath it, no effing kidding is what you should say. So we run up, punch you in the nose, then step back and say, ceasefire, ceasefire, let's discuss this. Of course you'd do that. Jim's idea is we ought to put out a rumor that Hamas banned Bud Light because of Dylan Mulvaney. Wow. Maybe the left would turn against them for that. Wow, that's good. Well, that's, the left is completely nonsensical. Forming up a cogent argument doesn't work. Let's try this. <laughs> that That's really good. Armstrong and Getty. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.